With the inception and traction that blockchain and crypto has gathered, the world is possibly on the verge of the largest evolution since the mainstream of the internet. Given the fluidity and dynamic nature of this technology, business leaders, enthusiasts, and veterans all need to band together to navigate the current and upcoming storms. Participants in Web 3.0 want a trusted resource that gives them pertinent information about projects, tokens, technology, and businesses. We are business people talking the business of crypto. We are Y Whales. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Y Whales, wherever in the world you are today. Um, so today it is uh, September 8th. Uh, Bitcoin was uh, playing around down in the $18,000 range uh, yesterday for eh, a variety of reasons. And I, I, I'm excited to hear uh, the, these two, uh, Roland and some aides, uh, kind of thoughts and opinions on, on what's going on in the current market today. Uh, right now we're back up uh, over 19000 And so uh, the market is is, is truly in, in turmoil. <laughs> I mean, there's uh, the merge is is you know depending on who you talk to, hours, minutes, days away. Um, you know, it's going to be successful, unsuccessful. I, I think technically, uh, I still I still believe technically everything is sound uh, as far as a public relations and actual knowledge of of people understanding what's occurring. Um, I think that that's a, a big F on on the Ethereum Foundation's part. There's there's so much confusion that's going on. Um, so so what do you have as a market that's dealing with a lot of geopolitical uh, issues right now around the world, energy crisis? Um, and following kind of a, a downward trend in the S&P and the NASDAQ, um, which we always said we were uncoupled from, but but we'll, we'll wait for that to happen. Um, but that being said, it, when you have a market in turmoil like this, it causes a lot of challenges for an individual investor. Uh, it causes a ton of challenges for, for someone who's saying, hey, I have, I have a, a job of which I'm working, but I'm also trying to trade crypto or manage crypto on the side. Uh, and and we deal with this question every single day at White Wells. Um, people come in and say, I want to get more involved in, in this asset class. I want to know more about Web3. Um, and generally, my, my first response is, you know, how much do you enjoy gambling? And uh, they're like, well, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't gamble. I, I said, well, then why are you doing so with, with Coinbase and, you know, Kraken and others, you know, when, when you have no knowledge and you're just watching a bunch of, you know, red and green candles going up and down. So uh, that's why I'm really excited today for, for our guests from, from Altana um, with Roland and Samay. And so before we kind of jump into what you guys are doing today. Let's let's take a few steps back and, and Roland, um, kind of where did you come from and, and how did you get here today? Well, first of all, Jay, thank you very much for having us. It is a pleasure being on this podcast alongside you. Um, about myself, so I joined crypto in late 2016, early 2017. Um, I am originally from Romania. Back then I was living in Romania as well. A friend of mine was a early Ethereum investor and he started pitching me the ethos of giving power back to the people, the ethos of Bitcoin, of Ethereum. And back then, I could say that my knowledge of, of finance and especially of blockchain and um, cryptocurrencies were very, was very limited. Um, but as I spent more time with my friend, I just kept on going deeper in the rabbit hole. And from that point onwards, there, were, there was no going back. Um, Crypto started being uh, pretty much everything that I was talking to at that point. Um, the funny story is that none of my friends were interested in crypto. None of my teachers were interested in crypto. Um, none of nobody around me was interested in crypto. So I wanted to find new people. I wanted to build a community. So what I did is that I went on the back then on the Poloniex chat box. It was called the troll box. And um, I was trying to write messages in Romanian and trying to find a community to, to chat with about crypto. 
Um, and I have done so. I have created um, one of my first crypto chats on WhatsApp. Now it's more than 200 people uh, just by doing going on Poloniex. And that has kind of started my, my way into the crypto network. Uh, I like to say that network is net worth, especially in crypto. It's such a unique market in which um, the alpha is in the Discord chats, in these Telegram chats, and you have to be on there to know what is going on. You can't just watch TV or just watch the candles because you have to see the narrative. You have to see um, you have to see everything uh, and pretty much predict before it happens. Um, after after joining, um, let's say crypto, and my passion grew. I did my bachelor's of finance in Monaco, and I was lucky. By being in Monaco, because that's how I was introduced to Altana, um, at that time, I only wanted to work in crypto, obviously. And Altana was the first crypto fund in Europe to launch a, a crypto hedge fund in 2014. And I was in Monaco. They were in Monaco. I figured out that I really have to go there. I have to figure it out and I have to join them. Um, I did join them. Um, that was in 2020 around summer i was initially an analyst for for their funds um time has passed my knowledge grew i was active in um, communities i increased my fundamental knowledge my technical my on-chain and i also managed external capital and um things flew and now i joined altana as um a full-time portfolio manager along along summit and we just launched the altana's third crypto fund which we will tell you more about um we just launched it in june so i'm really really excited about that awesome yeah that, that's amazing and and i i can completely commiserate with you on um you know you get in and you kind of get that the, the crypto bug and you go oh my god this is amazing i need to learn more i need to learn more um and my story is actually relatively similar except for the fact that you kind of stayed into it you know i was early 2010 um you know and and and, and you know kind of was like hey here's here's some bitcoin and i bought a uh, 100 bitcoin for 20 dollars um not because that was what it was worth that was just what the guy charged me for it and he goes yeah here to try it and then it, no one knew what the hell it was it was it was a test no one cared and and you know the earliest like use case was drugs and everything else. I'm like, ah, no, yeah. no worries. So I threw them away. Um, so I never considered myself an OG, but I, I completely understand that, you know, when I got back into it, um, it was because of Ethereum and, and, and now it's it's true. The the concept of a community, which is what Y Whales is, you know, there's 1,300 of us all around the world. Um, you know, we're only as strong as the conversations that we hold. Yeah. Uh, most most news, news articles, most, uh, you know, TikTokers, YouTubers, and all these guys that are saying they're, they're, they're buying a Lamborghini a week with, with their crypto winnings are full you know what um so yeah it's it's super exciting to to, to hear and i'm excited to hear what you guys are doing more but it's yeah. a fabulous journey. Just, just to mention just to add on to that it's a lot more mature now so for the people that recently joined and think crypto is crazy now 2017 2018 was a lot crazier and just a piece of advice 2018 was a tough year for me and tough year for everyone it was the real bear market after a true mania phase and that bear market taught me everything i know now so even though these are tough times these can be um emotionally and psychologically tough times for everyone uh, we should grow out of them and we should learn from these these feelings and remember to um improve next time Absolutely no, and I and I completely agree. This is this is one you know every one gets built. Um, the the fanboys and the ones that kind of you know weren't the true believers in understanding where this is going. That this is you know decades it will take to to build blockchain. Um, you know they ran away when when the liquidity uh, dried out. Um, but those of us that are in here now, really understanding, really researching it, we're the ones that will make the uh, the, the big wins on the next bull, and there will be a next bull. So, Samade, nice to meet you, hey. sir. 
Hi. Hi, Jay. Well, fabulous. Let's, so let's hear, you know, kind of, kind of your story, how you got here today. And I'm, I'm sure it's uh, from a, a slightly different perspective, but, uh, you know, clearly you guys are very uh, addicted and, and in-depth mm-hmm. in the, uh, the Web3 world. It is indeed very different from Roland's story. Um, I, I, I come from a more of a TradFi kind of um, background. So I started my career in 2007, just doing quant analysis for, for structured products um, for multiple sell-side players. So I started in Stockton, then I moved to JP Morgan in London, and then eventually in RBC. So all that for, for nine years, I was covering uh, sort of multiple asset classes from, from credit to equity, um, to rates as well. Um, then I moved to the buy side with Altana where I was in charge kind of the, the, the risk and technical um, analysis and quantitative analysis of, of multiple funds. That led me then to uh, manage a long biased equity portfolio back in 2017, 2018. Um, and that equity portfolio was um, hedged against uh, or is still being hedged against global macroeconomic risks using using index options and the macro analysis you do on, on, a, on an equity portfolio actually could be transferred exactly to a crypto portfolio or digital assets mm. portfolio so which led us then to kind of um, alongside my other experience like personal experience in 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 in, in running my own crypto portfolio run, the, the, these two these two led us to launching obviously the digital asset fund and from kind of a trad five perspective and a crypto native perspective uh, you know, emerged this this digital asset fund uh, with within obviously the background of of Valtana being uh, kind of one of the the leaders to launch a Bitcoin fund back in 2014. But when it comes to actually crypto per se, um, I started looking at at crypto back in 2017. I was I was really kind of curious about Bitcoin as a new form of money, as as everyone else really in the industry back back then, right? Uh, how how we democrat- still still today? It's still today, right? Has has it achieved its its value or not? M- many people will tell you still not, right? When when they still argue about about you know inflation hedge or, or whatnot, right? But um, you know the similarities and differences w- with U.S. dollar as 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 a globally accepted form of legal tender is what what really kind of uh, uh, struck me back then, right? And and I was asking the questions of whether or not this could potentially lead to a, you know a, a dollar competitor, right, worldwide. Uh, then then I actually realized that it's that that there was actually probably a bigger potential to un- to unlock a global trend in in you know seeking greater governance. Uh, financial decentralization, etc., uh, and then obviously came XRP, Ripple. I thought it would be the the, the banking kind of disruptor. It eventually was not, and and, and, and you know obviously uh, they did not deliver on on what they promised. Then then came EOS, one of the probably first and still living layer ones um, with with the community still alive at this moment. Um, and then Monero as, as, as the first privacy project, right? It also caught my attention and, and how and its ability to kind of uh, anonymize uh, users on chain. Um, then I actually asked myself, what, what could take this entire industry forward, right? This, this, new, this new revolutionary kind of technology. And, and I realized that actually uh, the, the space could only grow if, if you onboard more users. And, and and if we create more more use cases and utility, not not just you know a, a sound form of money uh, or, or, or or privacy coin that would anonymize the users, etc. So so then came obviously Ethereum, and and I was deeply uh, really like at the beginning I was I was disparaging it a little bit. So I was saying you know it's just another it's just another shitcoin 
excuse my French, that's trying to compete with Bitcoin. But then obviously you, you realize that it's that it's you know it's more scalable, it's more composable. You you can build on top of it, etc. Then obviously the summer 2020 with all the out there ones that 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 at the time were saying uh, would actually kill Ethereum uh, came and then and then the rest is history really. But but that's how I got into into the projects. I started seeding actually layer ones back in 2018 as as a VC investor with with, with a VC company. Back then being an angel investor was quite difficult. So I seeded uh, projects like Polkadot and Cosmos uh, uh, at the time. And I still believe, for example, in interoperability as, as um, um, you know, as as a theme within within the blockchain. So basically, how you can how you can link different chains together and make make the users' experience seamless and and less costly. So so that's that's how I got into into the space, and 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 what what still attracts my 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 attention and and curiosity at the moment. Yeah, you know, and that's a really good good backstory, and I think that it highlights for a lot of people that are listening. You know, there's there's no two way there's no two ways that are exactly the same to to get into the space to be a professional and and work here. I mean, you you have to number one, you have to have a passion. Uh, there, there's no one working in an asset class this volatile that that is forced to. Um, if, if you're looking for stability and sanity, there's there's many other places that you can find it. And it's certainly not going to be in, in the Web three crypto crypto space because you know you you can you can go to sleep and and the portfolio is all green. Everything looks good, and, and you wake up in the middle of the night, uh, you know, one a.m. and and it's catastrophe, and, and everything's happening. So, you know, with the, with the fact that that you've got, you know, f- uh, the crypto market moves at four and a half times the speed of the traditional stock market, um, it just requires a different breed um, to be able to manage it. And so, um, let, let's talk. You know, we'll, we'll talk about, it and I think Samay, that you, if you'd like to kick it off, you know, let's talk a little bit about, you know, what how you guys at, at Altana really kind of look at the market today. Day and, and the approach because I'm always curious. There's there's no again there's no two ways that any funds are doing identical. This is the way we are. I mean I talked to a hundred different Bitcoin funds and every single one of them has a different approach. So would love to hear your guys's you know theses uh, on the market. You know where it's been and kind of where you think it's gone. Yeah, sure. Maybe a little step back. Step back as as Roland has presented. Uh, the company, we we were the first kind of European uh, hedge fund that that introduced crypto investment back in 2014 by 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 launching a fund that that invested in in Bitcoin initially, then int- introduced a few few other tokens, uh, the, the the largest four market cap tokens. But pretty much, I think 90% of the exposure is still Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, sometimes we play more more bullish kind of uh, uh, a more bullish sentiment or view by by being more. Uh, more exposed to Ethereum than, than 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 Bitcoin, and sometimes vice versa. Even though currently the status quo has has changed in terms of the perception of where the safety haven might be, Bitcoin or Ethereum. Right? We'll talk about that later. But that's that's how we started in 2014. Then we launched a market neutral fund back in 2017, where we provide liquidity to margin traders on on exchanges. So basically, we lend our dollars there to to over collateralized kind of uh, margin traders. Uh, that that was a successful fund as well. Like every month was positive and, and netting a return of t- almost 13%. So from there, uh, th- this year we decided to kind of obviously move up the, the risk spectrum and go and explore, you know, just beyond the Bitcoin, and Ethereum, and the Cardano and the likes uh, into into other layer ones and their ecosystems, etc. And 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 potentially obviously riskier investments, but we thought it, it might lead to obviously juicier returns. One. And two, it might lead to potentially, you know, the next iteration of, of 
the internet, if, 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 if you want to talk about Web3, or potentially lead to, I don't know, new forms of money for, for people who don't like Bitcoin or whatever. But, but the ethos was not, not, not just focusing on one or two cryptocurrencies because it's a new tech. Who knows what's going to happen in 10 years? So we launched this broad digital assets fund you know, with a top-down approach, starting from layer ones, i.e. the blockchain networks, um, and then drilling down to their ecosystems um, and, and, and following narratives, etc. So that, that's, that's, that's the highlight of, of kind of the, the, the investment thesis. But I think just, just to, to, to let you know, Jay, when you asked about what, what, how our fund compares to, to other funds you spoke to, I think I'm just going to talk about three, three main factors really that we think differentiate us from, from other, especially big crypto funds. One, liquidity. Uh, we, we offer monthly liquidity to our investors. I, I think we, we believe that, that, you know, the, the VC space has been so crowded. So too many players were chasing the same projects in the last the last bull market, right? Uh, so when the bear market hit and obviously liquidations happened, investor losses were indiscriminate, right? Uh, we mm -hmm. have seen uh, most of our long most of the long funds I know, frankly, uh, you know, I follow them. They, they suffered between fifty and seventy percent uh, in the first half uh, of the year. Obviously, I'm not putting the blame on anyone. Maybe we could have been in the same situation. But all I'm saying is that too many players chasing too many narratives, too many, too many, whatever, old layer one uh, projects uh, that, 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 you know, when, 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 when the bear market happened, we all found ourselves with the same kind of negative return. So, so being nimble and being, being, being providing liquidity is I think key going forward. What does that mean? That means you don't want to be locked up in a token that, that's, that, that can go up a hundred X and, and, and on the way back goes to zero, uh, you know, you, you, and, and you can't you can't sell your position because you're locked up or because you have a hundred or two hundred million position and 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 you and and you have and you have had allegiance to whatever the project founder and and you can't get out of that position right that happened to many to many players we know we're not going to mention them but uh, but that's that's certainly a, a situation we don't we don't want to be in right so and and also again and, and that's a, and that's a very common problem to to have you know from a VC perspective and so for anyone that, that's listening that doesn't really understand from that from that side of it you know the angel investors if you go in as an angel to some of these projects I mean clearly you're going to get you know your pre ICO your pre token and a lot of these things um, so you know you want to think about the one of the latest you know big big darlings was you know Solana um, you know a lot of the, the early VC angels are you know twenty five cents uh, a, a token but but four year lockup. Um, so, so they, they kind of like waved at, at the $250, you know, price point. Um, and, and now we're down in the $30 range. And I mean, they were just stuck. There was nothing they could do to get out of that. So I think that that's a, a point you make to me that's very valid. Exactly. So, the, so that's the general point about any VC investment, be it in, in any asset class, equity, credit, whatever. But I, I would say, Jay, that it's more so applicable or more so risky for a new tech, right? It's a new tech. This blockchain technology is you know, a new theme. We don't know with 100 certainty if a narrative, a protocol or even a layer one project, you know, even with billions of total value locked, will still exist in a few months, right? I mean... Uh, the big lesson we learned from the U.S. Terra ecosystem, right? I mean, uh, you can you know it can disappear any moment. You can go to zero in the matter of a few hours. So you know the lesson is we have to be nimble. We we should not be married to oppositions, frankly, and we should not have uh, any allegiance to, to, to any founder, frankly. So uh, so yeah, so that's that's one one thing that differentiates us. We like we like to be nimble. We like to be in, in liquid stuff and and you know and 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 get out of our positions quickly. Um, we also like um, 
smart money tracking. Um, Roland, maybe can tell you a bit more about that. But the last thing is 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 uh, we, we have a rules-based kind of investment style. We have 10 due diligence kind of criteria, and it's very much a tick box thing, right? So um, if, if you make it to, let's say, at least eight out of these 10 criteria, then you, you are elected to go in, in, in you know, talking about the project, to go in front of investment committee, uh, and then we will monitor your delivery roadmap if we decide to, to, to invest in your project, et cetera. And that's applicable to liquid tokens as well as to less, less liquid ones, right? Uh, so I, I think you have to be ruthless, right? And, and, and again, cut, cut your investments, no emotional involvement. Um, and, and, and that can be achieved a lot easier with, with a, a smaller fund, you know, less than, let's say, 100 million than with a multi-billion fund. Uh, maybe Roland, you can t- tell us a bit more about smart money tracking because that's also an interesting. Yeah, point. well, I think we should. Also, um, yeah, definitely. Unless Jay, so. you have a, you have a question. Sorry. No, no, I, I I absolutely love love that comment. And, and Roland, I, I we're absolutely one hundred percent. We're going to talk about smart money tracking because you know that's one of the greatest things about blockchain is you have this like let, let's go ahead and take a peek in, into what everyone else is doing um, and really yeah. behind the curtain. But but Samad, one of the things that you said that I want to I want to take a second on um, is this like. You, you have a due diligence process. You, you are actually like treating this as a real space. And, and, you know, now that we're kind of being able to take a little bit of a look behind the curtain on, you know, Three Arrows Capital and, and some of these other large ones, um, you know, these were multi-billion dollar funds with, uh, you know, Fortune Magazine and, and every single publication hailing their founders and their teams as the smartest people on the planet. And now that we're able to look at, at some of the due diligence, at some of the processes and procedures behind the scenes, there was nothing there. They were just over, they were just leveraging upon leveraging upon leveraging. And it was some of the worst financial uh, planning that I, I've ever seen. And I am the furthest thing from being financially, you know, adept to, to be able to manage a, a fund like that. Um, but, but I think that it really goes to show that, and I agree with your point, that you don't have to have, you know, billions of dollars under asset to make a ton of money in the space. But you do have to have, you know, a, a valid thesis. You do have to have a valid procedures. And, and you do have to the ability to say no. Um, not everything is going to go to the moon. And, you Absolutely. know, in a, in, yeah. in a bull market, you know, you can throw a dart at the at the board and you're going to go up, um, you know, and you get upset. Well, oh, I only went up 10% this week versus so-and-so went up 1,003%. But you're right. Liquidity is an issue and everything else. So I, lo- I love that comment. I love that point. And, and um, we're going to, we'll talk about that a little bit more here in a second. So, but Roland, let's talk about how you you guys are, are digging in and, and and following smart money because it's it yeah, is a, something I, I love to do over on Nansen um, as okay. as a mild hobby, not as not as a job. Yeah, Nansen is really a great tool. Um, yeah, I'm not being paid to say this, but it just is is a great tool. No, no, I, I, we we love Nansen. I'm, I'm we're, we're part of uh, Nansen Alpha, so uh, a lot of YWALA members are, are have get their alpha reports uh, every single day, every single week, and and tons of value in there. And again, it goes back to community. Um, it's not there, there's a team of of Nansen people working, um, but there's also you know a lot of community members that are participating and saying, hey. I have a question, and sometimes without that question, you're never going to find the answer. And so that's really what a lot of it is. So yeah, no, but yeah, we, we think they're a great community. So us being a liquid fund, uh, it is very important to see what smart money is doing. It is very important to see what whales are doing in the market, because as we often know, this market has some big players who have certain interests, and they can make the market move in certain directions that uh, other retail investors can't. 
And what we have found is that time and time again, we monitor certain addresses and we have created a in-house tool to monitor these addresses. And these addresses can represent uh, big whales, can represent exchanges, can represent um, any large address that we have seen over and over again that it can influence the market. And what we look at, of course, you can find alpha in uh, certain funds or certain uh, smart money um, accumulating or setting certain tokens. But we have found even larger than that, uh, certain addresses who um, deposit often on exchanges, Bitcoin, Ethereum, some other large tokens. And in between 24 to, let's say, 72 hours after the deposit, we can majority of the time see a huge dump in price. And... Um, this is often, let's say, a better tool in, in peak bull markets because can, you can take profit. In bear markets, it's all about accumulating. But this is the tool that we will definitely be using um, when the bull market comes again. Uh, and it's in-house in and um, it, it simply does work. Yeah, especially for macro, kind of gauging macro sentiment, really, Jay. Yeah, so let's let's talk. Let's. I, I, I hate to bring macro into the world, into the uh, into the conversation so soon, but it, it needs to be said because you can do everything right. You can you can you can follow the on chain analytics. You can you know interview the founders. You can do all your you know like a hundred check boxes are, are green. Everything looks perfect, and and now you have something else that that was not planned. It's not there. And so so I'd love to kind of hear you know how you guys manage your day to day or what you what what sectors you track. I mean. <clears throat> yeah, well, in terms of sectors, we, I mean, we, we'd like to keep it broad-based. Though in 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 the current bear market, we 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 are we are preferring more kind of uh, layer ones, layer zeros, layer twos. So basically, the backbone of this blockchain technology, right? I mean, I'm sure if the entire if the if 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 this is if if this entire industry is a scam, the, the first to fall would not be Ethereum, right? It's probably the protocols built on Ethereum, and then eventually, right, the, the network might die or not, right? We we know we I know of a few zombie layer ones that still exists since since the 2016 uh, launches because they have a small ecosystem so so all this to say that we like layer ones because that they, they are the most likely to to survive any 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 sustained bear market extended bear market etc and even deep bear market um but but obviously when 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 bull market hits i think we need to be also um, careful about new narratives the protocols etc and obviously jump jump the wagon quite quite quickly right um but just to answer your original question, currently our our day to day kind of uh, focus is, I would say, fifty percent macro, and put probably fifty percent the ETH merge uh, now. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, very much unfortunately. Yeah. We so. Oh, I, you know, and I, and I love that thought. And so, you know, personally, just as, as a note, you know, I my portfolio is made up of of you know Bitcoin uh, level ones and and level zeros. Uh, I, I'm not a level two guy. Um, you know, I, okay. I, to me, it's it's that's that's a um, you know, again a, a personal not investment advice. A, a layer twos can be replaced, you know, relatively easily by by you know layer one. So having that that ground level to me is the safest. But even a layer two, at least they have a business model. At least there's there's something that's happening that's occurring. Um, when you start getting into some of the coins that have no utility, and I think that that's the biggest you know point is you know without utility you have nothing. Um, you've got means and a lot of other things and, and hope and, and dreams, and that's that's been you know Bitcoin's number one issue is there's still no legit, you know, mainstream utility. 
Well, Bitcoin maxis might disagree with you, and they they All would right. say obviously st- st- store of value, right? Just just you know, de- deflationary instrument to to store value uh, across multiple time frames. But I, you know, I'm I'm just saying, right? I think the views. I think when it comes to investing, you sh- again is being maxi would probably would probably lead to your to your demise at some point unless you really hit that you know that 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 that, that Amazon 20 years ago uh, the, that Microsoft right you really mm-hmm. foresaw that that Amazon uh, or, or whatever Tesla would be 900 percent 10 years ago then okay well well great enough but I think you should have I think you should always have a, a kind of diversified portfolio and 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 kind of bet on a on how you know on, but on certain certain tokens by answering the question of how will this technology survive and thrive right how you know how best what best could we do on how can we you know what 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 are the new tech what are the new sectors that will allow this technology to to, to survive and thrive you know gaming is is a theme I, I i don't think would answer it um i don't i don't know metaverse web3 tokenization of everything is how i see it maybe we'll talk about it later is is something is is, is some form of, of of seeing it but i i think being a maxi is could could hurt could hurt you the most in, in you know, this environment. Yeah, and you know, what's interesting is I interviewed uh, Corey Klipstein of uh, Swan Bitcoin, and you know he's got a, a gazillion Bitcoin things, and and you know when his what his business business model is is like ninety percent Bitcoin, and I, I called him a you know I said so clearly you're a Bitcoin maximalist, and he's like no I hate that word <laughs> Vitalik gave us that word you know we're not maximalists we just this is where we believe that the value will be you know over the next few decades, um, and so I, I always like to just kind of come up with that because. It's true, you know. We we like to think of, um, you know, like hey, ETH, ETH maxis, like the entire world's going to be run on ETH. There's no other level one, and, and I do agree that that's kind of a maximalist. Um, I don't think that's the case. I think we're we're heading to a world of multiple chains. You know, hundreds hundreds of layer ones. Um, you know, there there were clearly you know Ethereum will be around for for a long time. You know, we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, but but. We're, we're not even to even into like niche adoption yet. Um, just the fact that we have a trillion, you know, and, and get, made it up to three trillion dollar market cap. Um, not anymore. So f- no, not anymore. <laughs> we're, you know, we're we're down. We're down. I think under a trillion yeah. right now. But but yeah. the entire concept is that we have. There's almost no users. Um, and so you know, I think uh, recently I was just I, I always look at kind of one of the metrics I watch. And, and Roland, you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, but. You know, currently today, and I'm I'm pulling up the stat right now. Um, there, there's about 1.5 million wallets with one ETH or more in it, um, and that's a tiny, tiny number. And if you drop that down to you know 0.1 ETH, it's only about six and a half million wallets. Um, and I think you know if you really go off of how people operate that are on blockchain, you know that's maybe like 100 people. And um, just to interrupt you briefly, just to add on top of your point. Uh, when you look at OpenSea on Uniswap daily users, I mean, uh, NFTs, everyone knew about OpenSea, everyone was talking about it, but now OpenSea per day has sometimes less than uh, 20,000 users, yeah. and Uniswap per month has 50,000 unique users, and users like myself who are more advanced have more than one address trading yeah. on it, so let's say maybe around 30,000 people on, on um, Uniswap and 10, 20,000 on, on um, OpenSea, that is nothing. It's, it's, I think in terms of adoption, we are when comparing it to the internet, where the internet was in around the year 1999 and 2000. So there's a lot, a lot more to growth that has to happen. 
No, and, and that's exactly the point I want to make is that is that we're so early. Like people like to say, oh, we're like 1997, 1998, you know, whatever the case is. Like, no, we're like 1993. I mean, we are still like working on like 14K, you know, dial-up modems. I mean, it, and you guys have been around for a little bit longer. You're, 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 you look almost the age. I'm a little older than you guys. But, but you know, when we're talking about these level ones and the fact that they're just not still interconnected, that the bridges break constantly, that they get hacked by with hundreds of millions and sometimes billions of dollars on a weekly basis. Like we're so far from a from an infrastructure that institutions are going to go, you know what we should do? We should go from from you know whining about the the one to two to three percent that we're paying in transaction fees. And we should go pay seven, eight, nine, twenty percent uh transaction fees on something of which you know is you know really there's a lot of issues around. But you know, I, I want to go back over to you guys, um, not because I'm, I'm bitching about the the overall asset class, but we're just that early. And and I'm sure when you guys got into it in, in you know, 20, 2014, 2016, 2017, you thought you were early then. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, I think it's, it's uh, that's, that's what I keep saying to our investors, really, right? Like who potentially complain about, you know, a negative month or whatever, or, or why is the ETH merge narrative not playing out yet or whatever. I said, honestly, guys, this is a you know a decades-long kind of uh, road and experience, right? I mean, obviously now we're focused on one narrative. Obviously, next year we might you know we might have inflation behind behind us, and you know whatever the Fed what, might reverse course, and and everything will go up, and then every, you know we, we will see a new theme emerge, and etc. But I think the point is we are still early. Uh, I think, as as you guys pointed out, we have just a few few tens or thousands of users. I think one at one point with with Ronan, we were estimating that uh, at, at at some point there was just a hundred thousand users on chain using the entire the entire network. So it it is still early early stages. We don't know where it's heading. That's why we need to be nimble again. That's why we we need to be open minded. That's why we we need to be uh, we need to avoid ma- maximalism. That's why we need to also c- consider each each chain. Uh, on, on its own and 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 not not disparaging any community. I mean, who knows if if I mean I know Cardano is hated by everyone, for example. But who knows? <laughs> might maybe 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 Cardano might be the play of the next bull cycle. I mean, again, we I think we could, we 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 can get ahead of ourselves very easily. And I hate to mention it again, but the Terra ecosystem, tens of billions of dollars were were locked in in into 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 uh, into Terra, and everyone was saying, you know, like like what what they said back back in in uh, in two thousand eight for Lehman, right? It's too big to fail. Yet yep. it did, and even faster than Lehman, right? It failed in the matter of hours. I mean, if you look at the chart of of, of Luna, is is just dreadful, right? But uh, honestly, I think it's natural and it's healthy and it's it, this is how you build a sustainable, uh, you know, revolutionary, uh, decentralized system of, uh, you know, transferring ownership or transferring value, etc. This will not happen overnight, and it, you know, it will have big demises and it it will have huge surprises. So brace yourselves, guys. This is not the end. Yeah, no, I love that. And just real quick, I was able to pull this up. So let's talk about adoption. And I think this is a, a perfect chart to really, again, highlight how early we are. So on the Ethereum network currently... At this very second, we have uh, about 6.2 million wallet addresses with 0.1 ETH or more. We go to 1 ETH, and that number goes to about 1.6 million wallets. Again, not users, wallets. We go to 10 ETH, 
Um, so 10 ETH, again, it's, it's still not a vast amount of money. And again, we're talking about a trillion dollar market cap, um, about 320,000 uh, wallets. And, you know, let's just go have go one more to 100 ETH. You know, so these are these are people that you know now. This is a significant sum of money. These are early people, they or people that have invested a lot. You've got less than fifty thousand wallets. Um, so now there's a lot that's held on exchanges. There's a lot that's that's in various places. But are people that are actually using the network, using using the Ethereum wallet the way it's designed and saying, "Hey, I have self custody. I understand how this works to a certain extent." Um, you know, it's a tiny, tiny fraction of a number of of where it can and should be. So you know, when when people say, you know, ETH is the future of all world. It's so big. It's so massive. Um, if, if this was a true tech startup, um, you know, their, their, their numbers wouldn't even, even wouldn't even register in the top, you know, 500, uh, of the social networks that, that are, that are out there in the world. Like this is, that's that early, but their market cap is, you know, at one point was half a trillion dollars. <laughs> Roland, yeah. what's your, what's your thoughts on that? I think it's very interesting. Um, I do agree that in a way, market caps within crypto are inflated and are much higher than a similar uh, business model would be in any other industry. But I think that these numbers are inflated because the market is hopeful. The market sees innovation. The market can see that Ethereum is becoming the biggest utility ecosystem that we have probably ever had. Uh, and it's becoming right in front of our eyes. And with the Ethereum merge, everything is going to change, in my opinion, with, with Ethereum especially. And um, I just see a lot more room to grow. Uh, even though there's lots of users who are being um, brought to crypto by centralized exchanges, in time, people will be moving more towards towards DeFi. And I think... I mean, in 2017, everything was vaporware. Uh, only Bitcoin was Bitcoin. It was vaporware and some very, very nice dreams that uh, did lots of huge returns in, in 2017. Now, we have, we have the tech is getting there and there is some utility. Um, it's getting a lot better. And I believe in the next cycle, we will fully merge blockchain with utility, with companies, with real world assets. And, uh, People are afraid that they're too late to crypto and we will not have that many more market cycles that the industry will mature. No, we will have many more market cycles, which will be maybe a little bit less volatile than this one, but will still be enough for you to make outsized returns in comparison to any other asset class or also lose significant amounts of your portfolio if you don't manage your risk properly. Yeah, and, and and so I'm gonna after this next question, just prepare. We're gonna let's talk about the ETH merge because I, I I really wanted to hear your opinions. But but Samit, I, I have a question for you. When you know everything that I've done, and I've done you know hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of of kind of this, you know, talking to to individuals like yourselves and founders and everything else. And I think the one point that a lot of people miss is that Web three um, is not entirely designed for for my generation or the older generation. Um, you know, a lot of Web three technologies, the idea of a digital a digital ownership of your identity is a lot for the younger younger generations, the Gen Zs, um, who, who are still in high school, still in college. They're not quite there. And so they're very interested in this. But, but these are the people that will never, I don't care if they're U.S. citizens, I don't care where they are in the world, th these are people that will never walk into a bank. They, they are like, they, are, they were born with a phone in their hand a smartphone in their hand. And if they need something, there's an app for it. Um, and that's kind of the way that, that they're already acting. And so, you know, what, what's your thoughts on, on that perspective though? Yeah, I mean, I, I, 
in in the sense that Web three will will you know will I I uh, sorry Jay is is your question about you know how Web three will be kind of um, not not proliferating because we're tied to you know our phones and and no no, and, no. Uh, my, my my question is 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 who's the prime user of of everything that we're building today. You know, it, is it? It's it, to me. It's not. It's not the the boomers. Um, you know, they're they're very comfortable in their technology. But but the thought of you know we're building this next generation of tech for the next generations that are coming is, is kind of my my thought process. And, and whether I'm entirely wrong, um, that that we're just going to wake up in a few week a few weeks and there's global adoption. I, th- I think we could still excite these guys, right? I mean, this Gen Z that are tied and tied to their phones all day long. We, I mean, you see now who are the who are the big adopters of NFTs, right? Who mint NFTs all day long, right? Is is this younger generation, right? I mean, and and I'm sure there's many of them who are just you know who are a lot smarter than just liking the liking the the JPEG pictures because because you know that because it's a collection of of of, of Snoop Dogg or, or, or whatnot, right? Or, or yeah. LeBron James or LeBron, right? I mean, they see more value than that. I mean, they they see it you know as the true personification of their identity on the blockchain, and and you know they they also see the the, the art form in it, right? I mean, why why would you, why would you buy you know a Patek Philippe for tens of thousands of dollars? Why wouldn't you go for for a Swatch, right? Which the utility is the same. Yet you like it better, right? And 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 and, and so on, right? There's many, you know, many, many examples like that. But all this to say that I mean, we could still see or find utility in in Web three and in, in the blockchain that will attract the younger generation. I mean, just 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 to continue on talking about Web three, I think to me, Web three is about tokenization of of everything that that is deemed valuable by a certain community, right? Obviously, we don't want that to, to have to come with a Ponzi scheme. Uh, it would be better if it doesn't. But you know, then and then it's your imagination, right? I mean, anything valuable. Uh, you know, we don't have to tokenize air temperature and start trading it necessarily. Though with the climate change narrative, you might want to do that as well. But uh, you, you might want to start, for example, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, Play to earn is a very good example, right? Play to yeah. earn has, has onboarded a lot of, a lot of users across multiple generations, right? And I think it's is the best probably example of, of Web three adoption and, and onboarding of users, right? Is how you get people to earn tokens by just exercising, and then and then and, and then they can spend it on on real life uh, assets, uh, go- goods and services, right? Um, and on the back of that, these token holders, they are more, more incentivized to get people to use that application because because the token value will go up. So it's it's a win win situation. So that's for me is is a pure example of, of Web three adoption across across multiple generations. So um, we, we need we we need to have we we need to be innovative in our thinking, and we just have to pretty much. Uh, think about how to how to get uh, real life economy into um, into the blockchain and 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 then market adoption will 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 come with how you you create incentivization tokenomics etc. But it is very much possible. 
Yeah, no, and I, I love that answer, and I gave you kind of a broad uh, statement of what you really focus down to. It doesn't matter. It's utility. Like, if, if there's not yeah. utility and if there's not perceived value, um, it's not there. And so, the you know, the only point I want to make is I think you're entirely right because we saw Shopify, um, who's one of the largest, you know, third-party providers of, of, you know, kind of custom shopping carts and and, and that around the world, um, is now integrated in token gating. So, you know, if you've got a, a board ape or you've got a, a crypto toad or it doesn't even matter, whatever your community, you know, NFT is, you you know, you can they you can build an online Web two version of the store that's integrating Web three technologies, and and the the project doesn't even have to exist anymore. I mean, that's the great thing. You, the, the the project can long be dead, such as you know, such a Crypto Kitties and those other ones, um, and and someone that's the store owner or someone can say, you know what, I want to recognize that community. I want to recognize people that perceive value there, and that increases the value of this. So I think it's a, it's a really good way you talked about it. That it's just it has to have utility. It has to have value and it has to have real-world uh, results. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, I, I really don't want to pick Conterra or the, the Luna Foundation Guard or, or Doquan per se, but the utility of using the, the UST as a stable coin, or sorry, the incentive of using it was was all around providing that, that, that 20% return that was clearly, there was clearly no kind of real valuable um, incentive apart from that, what we know now is a Ponzi, right? By nope. just, uh, apart from that that Ponzi scheme, uh, that, that that increased market adoption, right? And then obviously when when, when everything went, went, uh, went south, you know, uh, uh, people were 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 rushing to to exit the entire ecosystem, and even those twenty percent incentives were not enough to 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 let to let UST holders to to you know to hold on hold on to their to their to their stable coins. So again, you have to look for real economy economic value. Uh, otherwise, frankly, you know, at some point, uh, you know, you you just you you know you just go to zero really. Yeah, real basically real world economics uh, still apply regardless of what asset class you're talking about. You know, you can't yeah. just you know, and 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 we we could listen. I could I have an entire show just on the Terra Luna collapse, and we we may do it in the future. We'll invite you guys in to, to do so. Um, but but let's uh, let, let's take a, a pivot right now, and um, you know we're we're literally you know Beltrex uh, just went live yesterday on the the Ethereum merge. You know, so again, good 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 test. Um, and at the exact same time that that was hitting, uh, Bitcoin decided to drop, you know, by a thousand dollars. Um, and, and ETH is doing lots of things. So I'm going to go ahead and, and shut myself up for a second. And I'd really like to hear you guys and, and Roland, we'll start with you and then we'll bounce over to, to Samaid. Where, where do you think we are, um, with this merge? Where do you think, you know, is it, is it buy on the news, you know, sell or buy on the rumor, sell on the news? Um, you know, where, where do you think that we're going to go after this? Because, you know, a lot of people are kind of, um, there's a lot of misconceptions about the merge, and I think that's one of the biggest things. Uh, nothing's being unlocked. If you staked your ETH, uh, you're still staked after this merge. That's that's not becoming unlocked, and I think that's one of the biggest issues there. Uh, your gas prices are, are going to stay the exact same. They're just going to charge them to you faster. Um, so so none of that's changing. This is quite simply just a technology shift from from the proof of work GPU you know uh, mining over to over to proof of stake, which is very similar to Solana and a lot of these other ones. Um, and my personal perception is. Technically, this will be fine. Like 
it, you know, we're all going to survive. We're going to go through with it. But the issues that I, that we see and we talk about, you know, in Y whales all the time is, is the fact that there's now multiple, you know, splinterings of, of ETH that are going to happen, you know, ETH proof of work. Uh, you know, people are confused about, is it ETH? Is it ETH2? Is it ETH? You know, there's also ETH classic, so, which is pumping today. <laughs> so, um, I, like I said, let's, let's go ahead, Roland. What, what's your thoughts on, on where we are, what we're going to see over the next, uh, few weeks? And, and, and I could have and probably spoken on, about so. this for the, for the whole web. Webinar. Um, I think a webinar, sorry, podcast. Uh, I think first of all, we need to take a step back and see where we are in the market cycle. Um, we are in a deep bear market. Some would argue close to the bottom, so some would argue not, but everyone agrees that we are deep in a bear market. Um, in the previous bear markets in 2018, we saw Bitcoin dominance going extremely high and all altcoin bitcoin pairs going to new lows so basically there was a huge fight to quality in which everyone was exiting all of their altcoins buying bitcoin and bitcoin was outperforming any other asset in crypto in the bear market at the moment we are also in a bear market but we not only we no longer only have bitcoin as a flight to quality asset but we also have ethereum and in the past in the past bear market Ethereum uh, Bitcoin was reaching new lows throughout the bear market. Now Ethereum Bitcoin is outperforming uh, Bitcoin by around uh, 50-60% to since the bounce. So we are in an odd point in which the market at some point will move back to risk on. It, it can be 6 months, it can be 9 months, it can be 12 months. And when it moves back to risk on, Ethereum will start from a much stronger point in the market than ever before because we no longer start from um ethereum bitcoin pair being at new lows we start at being actually close to all-time highs close to long uh, multi-year highs and regarding the merge i think there is one significant factor that everyone should think about and it's the most important factor from day one after the merge inflation will decrease by 90 percent should the gui and the congestion in the uh network be above 15 Ethereum can also be deflationary. But even if it's only 90%, there will be a huge supply and demand imbalance that cannot be priced in. Just, you cannot price such a thing in. And um, this, assuming that demand remains equal, as it has always been in the last couple of years for Ethereum and Bitcoin, Ethereum will, not, will naturally start grinding up just because uh, 90% of the inflation will be gone, and those miners are the ones who are no longer who are, who aren't hoarding these uh, these tokens. They are selling because they have to pay for electricity, they have to pay for new machines. So we just there will be no more forced sellers. The forced sellers will decrease significantly. And yes, I do agree with you, Jay. I think the merge will will, will go well. Um, I think Bellatrix was a surprise in terms of um, participation within the network. It was, I think, ninety-seven point six percent. So that was it was really really strong from the validators. Um, can we see a uh, buy the rumor, sell the news? Yes, for sure. Can we see a buy the rumor, buy the news? Yes, also, because there are many institutions who have been very cautious, who have been waiting to see whether the merge will play out in terms of technicals. Um, and if it does, then that's what they will start buying. Just because, just think of the merge as being as important as three Bitcoin halvings in one. Um, because historically, all of crypto market cycles have been... Um, guided by Bitcoin's halvings, and Bitcoin halving created the market cycles. 
And now we have Ethereum, which is significantly large asset within this ecosystem, having three halvings at once, which in my opinion is a game changer. Um, I see Ethereum leading the bull market in 2023 or later, whenever it decides to come back. I don't want to say some uh, numbers that I will look back in five years and say... No, no, do about. it. Let's, come on. That's that's the whole point of this. We, we can be right, we can be wrong, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I just, see, I just see Ethereum leading the bull market uh, when the when the risk on will come back, whenever the Fed will pivot, uh, just because of supply and demand imbalances. It's a no-brainer, in my opinion. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, Made, what 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 parts of the the merge are you watching? And I'm sure your entire you know organization, you guys are are, are pouring through the news and, and any amount of alpha you can get. So, where, where's your where's your kind of head at? Yeah, I mean, honestly, Roland played it very very well there. I mean, uh, but I think I, I I like to look at it from from kind of more of a longer term uh, you know uh, kind of lens, which means um, I. We probably do not care about T minus one and T plus one about pre merge and post merge. Obviously, there might be buy the room and sell the news kind of price action. Uh, there might be again also like Roland said, uh, new players coming in and realizing, oh wow, we have ninety percent on the inflation, uh, you know, disappearing all of a sudden. What am I doing here? Not buying this asset that's becoming, you know, uh, you know. Whatever, more than more than three quarter uh, more more scarce than before, and then all of a sudden flocking into the network. Um, but I think what we need to what we need to look um, uh, in, in, into into uh, here really is the longer term um, uh, the longer term consequences of of the ETH merge. I think two things. I think many institutions will, will realize that you know uh, we are moving into a new a new blockchain that's 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 reducing its energy consumption by 99.95%. So you have a lot of these I don't know ETF uh, fi- financial institutions that that only invest in kind of sustainable or or green products that that might realize oh actually now I have number two biggest market cap token that's that's kind of moving really into into you know a greener asset class it might fit my portfolio i might i might buy i don't know two three four five percent of it right uh you might also have some other retail projects saying oh actually uh, the inflation of this token i'm only driven by tokenomics inflation of this token is now 0.1 what it what it was yesterday why am i not buying it right it's again probably becoming deflationary in the future right um so all of this, all of these two factors tell me that honestly, in the medium term, you know, removing every other factor, especially macro, it's it's obviously super bullish for Ethereum, right? In comparison to any other layer one, uh, you, 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 and especially to Bitcoin at the moment, right? Being being probably the closest competitor in in a bear market um, uh, to to Ethereum, right? Uh, but I think we need to be mindful of of macro again because time and time again. Uh, sh- short and medium term have been, you know, have, have been have been led by by whatever the interest rate hikes or whatever Mr. Powell might say in Jackson Hole, uh, and 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 seriously, I mean, we, we really have to be mindful of that. I mean, we've seen we've seen the mac- the ETH merge narrative trying to play out in in mid August. I mean, if ETH tried to to break out the two thousand level, and then and then it, it couldn't, and then by the end of August. Uh, 
Mr. Powell uh, started rep reprimanding the entire, the <laughs> entire, the entire, the entire world and telling telling the market that it's it's been super complacent to, to its to its to its uh, hikes and reminding them that higher rates are, are expected to last for, for much longer. So again, um, the, these are the forces that might play against and and you know and a successful if 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 merged narrative. But I think if you ignore all of these forces. Obviously, it's it's a huge thing for Ethereum for, and for the entire ecosystem. And and frankly, um, I would I would buy and hedge some of that position. But I would buy now with 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 a kind of a medium term of three three months six months investment investment thesis that it's that it's going to outperform any any other crypto asset at least. Yeah, and and I think you know it's worth pointing out for for listeners that are you know not not staring at the, the charts right now. Uh, today we're at, we're at uh, sixteen hundred dollars, you know, ish uh, for for Ethereum. Um, and you know, looking at the the larger chart, which is what I pulled up the five year, um, the, the bottom of of this you know so far has been right around that that you know eight. You know, I think it hit like nine eight nine hundred dollars ish. That was the top of that twenty eighteen bull run. So, which hit about a thousand, you know, eleven hundred dollars. It spiked for a little bit second. So, what you're seeing is that the very top of that that 2018 bull run is now the very bottom of the of the current bear. And so, when you, I think you're saying, you know, what's the outlook you should have? Had you bought at the very top, um, and, you know, I'm not a hold guy. I think it's a, it's an you know interesting perspective. But you know, had you bought at the very tippity top of the of the bull run back in in 2018, um, you, you'd still be you know very safe um, today at at the rates are you'd you'd essentially be market neutral now obviously we hit you know almost five thousand dollars for for ETH and you know we'd love to see it go there again um, but I think we come back to the earlier conversation of how early we are um, that that there isn't really true adoption here and you know until you get until you get the industries until you get um, you know the big players in the games the people that do have you know that are spending. Two, three, four billion dollars on on network costs a year until you get them adopting ETH or something along those lines. You know, we're we're not really going to see that adoption and that deflationary hit that massive run uh, that I think a lot of us want to hit. And that is an important point that you guys made. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think like the other point, Jay, is to say, you know, everything kept equal, right? Uh, what would be the outperforming crypto asset in the next three to six months, all things equal, right? Like which which one would benefit from a T minus one to T plus one huge change in its tokenomics, in its consensus mechanism, in its in, in the narrative and how people perceive it, etc. Uh, and, and to me, there's just one, one clear, one, one, one clear, uh, you know, name, right? It's Ethereum, right? Uh, of course, then you could tell me all about, you know, macro, all about whatever. Maybe people will will start flocking back to Bitcoin as a, a flight to safety crypto asset. But as it stands now, Ethereum is your number one choice if you were to bet on any crypto asset in the short in the short to medium term. Love that. I think anyone listening by far so far knows that we are Ethereum bulls. <laughs> so I, li I like the word bull more than maximalist. I mean, you can you can be very heavy on on these things. And now, um, just now, they have to learn also the crypto native way of saying "give moon." <laughs> so now we're now we're, now we're waiting for the moon. 
it, it, listen, and, and we'd love to see that come back uh, sooner than later. So, so guys, fabulous, fabulous interview. I mean, I absolutely loved everything you guys had to say. I mean, there's a lot of like just wealth of knowledge in the way you guys are thinking of this. And I think one of the most important parts that I was really excited to hear is that here we have two two crypto geeks. And I, let's, let's just be clear, you guys are really into this. You, you got caught by the bug and you've been able to make this your full-time profession. And, and you've got a, a uh, company, Altana, who really supports you guys' learning, your education, and focusing on lots of different parts of this. I mean, like every conversation that we've had over the last hour has been, you know, varying from, you know, lots of varying degrees uh, on, across the entire asset class. And you guys were 100% educated and had thoughts, you know, thought, and that's all we have is thoughts and feelings um, about that. So I really was impressed, again, just by how broad you guys are uh, as a fund and then the way you guys think of the asset class from a short, medium, and long-term perspective. That all being said, you know, what gets you guys excited? You know, Roland, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and start with you. Kind of what are your thoughts around, you know, the industry and, and the way that people should just be thinking today as we're currently, you know, in a bear and, you know, it's a chilly bear market, not a, not a full winter yet. Yeah, it's, it's chilly. Hopefully spring is soon. Um, I think that being active in this ecosystem just and zooming out shows me how much investors have changed in 2017 you were a token with 200 million dollar market cap you had a new website or you posted some new partnership on twitter instantly plus 50 percent because that's what the market priced as being bullish that that's what was bullish back then that was the level of, of competition 2017 you did a or 2018 a very strong white paper um which was done by anyone who seemed sort of reputable you would have raised 10, 20 million. 2021, you actually had the beginnings of utility, of value accrual, of thinking, okay, but these are just governance tokens. Why would I own such a governance token without having any benefit, having any utility? And that is potentially why the whole DeFi uh, niche has underperformed since February 2021 um, up until now. Because yes, there are great protocols. Yes, I use them every day. I love them. But why would I hold their token if it does not benefit me or does not benefit the community? So I think going forward, we will go a little bit more towards the TradFi route and people will have to focus on value accrual. And I think this will come with NFTs as well, by the way. I think NFTs have just had their first run, which is just JPEGs and some nice photos. I think in time, things will change, but let's just talk about tokens, because that's what we're focusing on. I think that in the next cycle, um, the token has to accrue value. Everyone will be asking, okay, what is the value accrual system? How does the community benefit? And one example that has outperformed throughout this bear market is uh, GMX, a decentralized perpetual derivatives trading platform. And GMX is a token that gives all of its fees back to its uh, stakers. At the moment, it's around 6% uh, APY uh, per GMX stake. And the fees, you earn, the fees you earn is in ETH, so it's non-inflationary. And just because of this, has gained so much momentum because it is a protocol which is actually more like a business. It is working, it is having users, it is making a profit, and the profit is being redistributed, or let's say it could pay dividends back to its shareholders. And that is why there is a huge flight of quality in this bear market towards cash flow generating um, tokens and ecosystems. And the way I look at the future is 
trying to find existing tokens which already have communities have a strong team behind them who are going to make this switch um, for example let's look at cosmos it's going to be launching soon the uh, interchain security let's look at, at Chainlink. it will also launch staking and value accrual so you have lots of opportunities in every single niche but everyone should focus on on value accrual i think that is the number one thing that people should um take away from me i guess no i, I and I, lo I love that thought and by the way i looked at, at gmx and i think the interesting thing about that chart for anyone else that looks at it no financial advice um is that there is is very clearly you know they have not been affected in the same way that the most other coins have because it, yep. it, there is a real utility there's real use case and there's real value to holding this um Clearly, it's a security. <laughs> so there's there's a Don't few issues there. The, yeah, but Gensler is not. A, he doesn't watch this yet. Yeah, they're um, completely they're completely anonymous. And of course, they're not in the U.S. So they can be a security in the U.S. Should the U.S. deem them to be, but in Europe, nobody will deem them as a security. So they're fine. Yeah, and, and I think this is the future, and that's why, you know, and again, we, we've avoided politics so far, and so we'll continue to avoid it, but this is why the U.S. is going to get left behind, is because this is a valid a valid investment. Um, it does help people that want to be in the space. It does help, um, you know, there, there's a lot of value being created by this. Unfortunately, it's just not, a, you know, happening, taxing and, and, and everything else with the regulation. So, ignoring that, um, fabulous pick. I, I absolutely love it. Samid. Hey, I mean... Deep, deep, deep thoughts, deep thoughts. What you got? Deep thoughts, yeah. What excites me? I mean, barring obviously many factors, as we talked about earlier on, macro, Powell, whatever, the energy crisis in Europe, whatnot, any 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 political upheaval anywhere because of whatever we're talking about, the price of a pint here in London potentially reaching 10 pounds or 20 pounds, I think would be disaster, by the way. But barring all of this, any, you know, worst case scenarios of of, of any big demonstrations and civil war or whatever. I think two, two themes excite me at the moment during this bear market. Uh, obviously, what, what Roland talked about is cash flow generating tokens. I mean, coming from TradFi myself, from an equity portfolio management, you know, we like projects or we like, uh, you know, you know uh, equity uh, pro, you know, equity projects that redistribute part of their of the money generated to 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 the to to the to the to the stock owners, right? Uh, either by uh, by by dividend payments, which is in in crypto protocol token uh, payments uh, redistribution, or or by stock buybacks in the equity world, right? Which is which is in the crypto world. Crypto world would be the equivalent of uh, burning some of some of your token supply, right? We do like that because. You know, obviously, you're, you're rewarding your token holders. You're rewarding your equity holders. We like we like strong balance sheet equity names, right? Um, in bear markets, in in the equity world, as we also do like strong balance sheet uh, uh, names in the crypto world. Look at Uniswap Treasury, right? It's I think I think it's number one biggest treasury after Bitcoin, frankly. Uh, in terms of revenues, right? We do like that. We do like these names, right? We know that worst case scenario, they will turn in, they will turn into uh, into on chain hedge funds, right? I have a massive treasury go go and go and invest it for me, and all of a sudden the Uniswap token will be useless. Um, <laughs> that, that's not an idea for the Uniswap DAO, by the way. But it's just it's it's just a thought, really. I mean, 
this is your safe haven, right, in a bear market. But but again, what I mentioned at the beginning of the call, Jay, is um, I'm also excited, especially during bear markets, about you know what brings us together during you know in 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 this blockchain technology, right? I think layer one, layer zeros, right? I mean, what you know, as as you said, what what would scale this this entire industry is obviously having multiple layer ones for multiple use cases. We have trillions of trillions of assets to put on chain, right? You cannot have just Ethereum or Solana or Avalanche as one solution for all this, right? I think we will see many solutions, and and obviously a, a very a very obvious question that comes from that is how will we make the connection between these chains? seamless for the user and, and less costly and that's where the theme of interoperability co com comes to play right i like i like solutions such as polkadot such as cosmos they're old they're there you know i, I like the the uh, ibc solution into blockchain co co connectivity of cosmos uh, that 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 will i think that will uh, bring some some solutions to problems we have seen even during bull, bull, bull cycles. I mean, we have seen bridges being hacked, millions and millions of dollars being hacked in 2021 between very, very strong uh, layer ones, right? Why? Just because each layer one was focused on how how do I expand the users on my own platform, right? Not not how I make it more 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 scalable with with other platforms. And and I and I think. I'm not saying bridges are not the right solution, but I'm saying maybe the solution is actually one level down, right? At the consensus level, um, like what we're trying to build with 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 some projects such as Cosmos or, or Polkadot or even Celestia currently, right? Uh, but yes, that's that what excites me. I think that's what again brings brings us back together in in the bull market and how we can achieve uh, scalability and composability in the future. I love that. That's fabulous. Um, so, for anyone that that again, this, this has been a fabulous uh, interview with with uh, Roland and Samade from from Altana. Um, if anyone is interested in, in Altana, wants to know more, wants to kind of reach you guys or, or, or continue the conversation, um, what's the best way to reach you guys? It's either my name, um, samed.buenaya at altanawealth.com or, or, or Roland's name, roland.roventa at altanawealth.com or investorrelations at altanawealth.com. Or just that LinkedIn is. as well. Awesome, guys. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, y Whales, this has uh, been Altana Wealth. And again, I, a fabulous conversation. Lots of, lots of really good information in there. Um, and, and hope to have you guys uh, come by Fireside soon and, and continue the conversation in a With complimentary pleasure. manner. So, Thanks to you, Jay. Awesome. Thanks for getting us here. Thank you for having no us, Jay. Have a Take wonderful care. day. Thanks, Bye. Y Whales. YWales was founded in 2021 by Jay Steinbach, a passionate entrepreneur and business owner with the purpose of bringing YPO and YNG members together in the cryptoverse. YWales is a collaborative and confidential community centered around cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology, an exclusive crypto hub of more than 600 members. To be notified when we release new content, please subscribe to our show in your preferred listening app. For more information, visit www.ywhales.com. YWhales is not affiliated with YPO, but at this time only allow for YPO, YPO Gold, and YNG members due to privacy and confidentiality. Support and production for today's episode was done by Truthwork Media. Nothing in the podcast constitutes professional and or financial advice, nor does any information on the podcast constitute a comprehensive or complete statement of the matters discussed or the law relating thereto.